Thank you for joining the Home Church Podcast. For more information about Home Church, visit us at myhomechurch.org. So, I'm going to jump around a little bit. Um, I do have a core theme and, and message that I want to talk about today, but there's a lot that I want to cram into these next 20 or 30 minutes or so um, that I find to be important. Um, Jordan um, was talking about the prayer room during announcements, and I want to encourage everybody in this room. Um, I'm going to take a little liberty, and I'm going to say that if you are a member, and not that we have a formal membership process, but if you consider yourself part of this house, then you are called to the prayer room, okay? Um, I don't mean that to set up some weird religious structure, but it is the core and heart of what we do as a church. It is the breeding ground for discipleship. It is the tent of meeting where where we encounter Jesus face to face, right? Not just for the sake of being a part of a church, but for drawing near to the Lord. It is the place to come to. If you're unable to make it, there's a live stream that goes for every prayer service. And I would say that you should pray for the Lord to give you grace to be there. Um, that's all I'm going to say on the prayer room until later. <laughs> Go to the prayer room. Man, all right. So I'm going to start in Matthew and uh, just preempt this with, interestingly, um, we're going to talk a little bit about family today and the body of Christ. Uh, so Matthew chapter 22. I'm going to try to go slow and not rush. I tend to rush when I talk. We're going to start in verse 34. <clears throat> actually just going to jump to 36. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? We've all heard this before, right? And Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. You know, man, the Lord's been doing something so special these last, I guess, few weeks now with pouring out his love on our house. Um, man, I'm getting off my notes already. Um, <laughs> that's good, though. And it's unto something, right? He, he wants to pour out his love. He desires to pour out his love, right? He so loved the Lord, the world, that he sent his only son. That was the uh, outward expression of his love, but now he's pouring it out on us. He's giving us deeper revelation of who he is, and that's going to be different for some of us. For some of us, it's seeing him as Abba. For some of us, it's seeing him as Savior. For some of us, it's seeing him as healer or a combination of all these different things. I won't go through the whole list, um, but it's unto something. There's a reason that the Lord pours his love out on us, and I think one of those, or the primary reason is that we are not to become like lakes that are dammed up, that just receive things, 
right? But that we're actually to become like rivers. So God's pouring out his love on home church right now. And what he's doing is he's preparing this church to now pour that love out, right? It's very simple. It's the coming in and going out that we've talked about, a different picture of it. But nonetheless, God is doing a great work. The first thing that we are to learn to do with his love is very simple. Love him back, right? This is the first and greatest commandment is to love God. Uh, A few years ago, actually several years ago, um, before home church was even a word in my ear, um, I got around some believers and they kept saying um, how much they love Jesus. And they would say this in worship and they would say this in conversation. And I didn't quite get that. I didn't know what what it means to love somebody that I've never been able to see face to face and and have a a verbal conversation with or, um, or hug or cook a meal for. I just didn't get it. Like, what do you mean you love Jesus? But I knew, but I knew there was something there. So I asked God, just, just help me fall in love with you. Like, I want to love you. Your word says I'm supposed to love you, but I don't know how to do it. So my first exhortation today is very simple. Back to the prayer room, right? Ask God how to love him and ask him to help us fall in love with him. And I promise you, that he will do that. I think he is eagerly waiting to hear that prayer from people. It's only by his spirit that we can love him. We can't muster it up. We can't muster up enough affection for, for the Lord, right? It's only by his spirit. And, uh, and he will not give you a stone when you ask for bread. So when you ask him, Abba, oh, Abba, help me love you, he'll just bring it. He's so good like that. Oh, man. But there's more. right but there's more right and the second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself right on these two commandments two commandments they work together depend all the law and the prophets so very simply put the first commandment is to love God but that's unto something which is loving others and we all know who is my neighbor right well I'd say it's whoever's in your immediate presence at any given moment. It could be a stranger. It could be a brother in the Lord. It could be a parent, anybody. It could be your kids, your neighbors, anybody in proximity to you that you have an opportunity to love on. Um, man. <laughs> when, when we fall in love with somebody, do we not tend to also want to enjoy the things that they enjoy, right? So maybe this helps. When we understand God's love and who the objects of his affection are, it should become really easy to start to grasp a vision for what it looks like to love others. And I'd go even a step further and say, if we don't love the objects of God's affection, do we even love him? And I don't mean that for condemnation. I just mean this as something to think about. And again, if if we find that the answer to that question is not, um, not a positive answer, then what do we do? We just go to the Lord and ask, well, Lord... Um, I know you love Dina, so help me love Dina too. (laughs) That's it. So good, so simple, right? All right, we're going to jump over to John chapter 13, verse 34. I'm going to talk through a couple more of Jesus' commandments. Um, 
and I'll, I, this was in my notes later, but it's coming up in my mind now because Jesus said, if you love me, meaning Jesus, he said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Right? So what's the evidence that we've fallen in love with God? Well, we start to keep his commandments. But now we're in the upper room discourse, and this is Jesus's final meal with the objects of his affection, his, his disciples, the people that he really poured into and, and loved on this earth. And he issues them a new commandment. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. If you jump back, I'm not going to read it, but if you go back to verse 31, it's really interesting because Jesus, just after Judas had gone out to betray him, said, now the Son of Man has been glorified. And then he gets into this new commandment. So something in that tells me, Andrew would probably articulate this better than me, but our love for one another is tied to Jesus' glorification, right? Um, when we love one another as Jesus has loved us, he's receiving glory. Uh, again, so if we love the Lord, we're going to love who he loves. Upper room discourse. These are his parting words to the disciples. Um, I had thought for about six weeks now, before Andrew had even approached me and asked if I would speak today, what I might speak on if I was given the opportunity to, to share with, with this house and um, obviously my first thought was discipleship, right? It's something that's very dear to my heart. And there's other topics that came up. But this was the thing that the Lord just kept pouring on me is family and love, family and love. Um, and the reason I say that is I feel like in a sense, even though this is not the end of the story of the Mitterrandos and Home Church, uh, but this is my parting words, right? This is the impression that I want to leave behind. And I say that to say this is what Jesus is saying in the upper room discourse is the impression that he wanted to leave behind on his disciples. Um, I read those scriptures in the context of this is their last meal together and he is imparting uh, some very important things. And in those impartations, he issues this new commandment to love one another just as he has loved them. Um, so I, thought, I think that this is something that we want to focus on, right? This is why we're talking about it today. Oh, same night that he washed their feet, right? He humbly served them. And uh, he declared that the student is not greater than the master, right? So we're his students and we can never become greater than him. And what he means when he says that is, is you're not exempt from serving, right? As a student, if the master has set the example of service and love, all of his students have to follow in that. Otherwise, they're not his students. Um. And just to echo the, the, the one another, John also has this uh, in his epistle. In 1 John 2, 7, he says, Beloved, I am writing you a new commandment, no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. Uh, it's interesting, he uses similar words to Jesus there, um, but now he's referring to it as an old commandment. The old commandment is the word that you have heard at the same time. It is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and him you, in, in you, because the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. So we get it. We're supposed to love each other, right? <laughs> and we bring Jesus glory when we love him. So back to John chapter 13, right? We went through 34. Verse 35 says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another, 
All right. So those were the sobering words for me. And that's kind of the, I guess, the key text of the day and what I want to talk about. The outward proof of our love for Christ to the world, to the, to the Gentiles, to the unsaved world, is our love for one another, right? So everything that we do in service to each other is unto the redemption of the world. Um, man, you know, you know we're not going to get through this without talking about Genesis, right? <laughs> so Genesis is, is one of my favorite books of the Bible. The first few chapters teach us a lot about the Lord and what he uh, intended for creation and what he intended for man. And he creates man in his image. And up until that point, he had made a whole bunch of stuff and said it was good. And then he makes man and he says what? He says, let's make man in our image. And he makes man. He made them made him male and female. And then he says, it is very good. Very good, right? So we have this, it is good cycle through the creation account. Then he puts man on the earth bearing his image. And now there's something very good about creation. And he issues uh, commandment, and he says to multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Well, that looks like family, right? You have Adam and Eve in the garden, and he says, I want you, and I'm paraphrasing in my own words now, I want you to fill the earth with my glory by being a family, and by being a family that grows, right? It's pretty awesome. Um, so with Jesus now here in the upper room, and the outward proof, what the world has to see of his church is a reflection of his love to one another, is actually as we love one another in covenant relationship, in the body of Christ, that his glory will go out into the world and he'll continue with the original plan of us subduing the world, right? This is actually part of our discipleship. Still going to talk about discipleship, right? <laughs> um, man, I'm so not a sermon writer. <laughs> Oh, thank you. So we're going to change lanes again. And um, one thing I've found is that sometimes uh, negative examples are actually really good for teaching and learning, right? I've, I've had many experiences in life where I've done the wrong thing, and that was how I learned a very valuable uh, lesson that I'm grateful for learning. Um, so let's bring up a negative example. Uh, in Revelation, uh, in the letter to or the message to the church in Ephesus, Jesus says, but I have this against you that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works that you did at first. If not, I will come to you, remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Oof, we don't want that to happen. It sounds really bad. Um, so what's interesting about Ephesus is there's several church models throughout the book of Acts, right? You have the Jerusalem church, which essentially was like this mega church. Um, and it was founded by the apostles. And you have this church in Ephesus that I believe was planted by Paul. Feel free to check me on that. It's not important for this message. But um, Ephesus was a really thriving church. Actually, in the two years that Paul was there, and he, Paul didn't leave the city during this time, all of Asia heard the gospel. Like, man, you want to talk about revival. That's what's going on in Ephesus, right? Paul, the apostles, in this place ministering and worshiping, and people are just out spreading the gospel. These are the works that Ephesus was doing at first that the Lord in Revelation is now calling them back to, right? Um, they were loving. They had to have been loving. If the gospel was going out like that, loving each other, loving the Lord had to be at the core of what they were doing. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. Um, so that's the negative example, right? But let's, uh, let's talk about some positive examples. Also in the book of Acts, we see Ephesus, when Paul leaves, um, 
the elders are weeping, right? And it's just short portion of scripture. It says, and then there was much weeping on the part of all. Sorry, it wasn't just the elders. And they embraced Paul and kissed him. Well, man, that just looks like people who were in love with Paul. And they knew that he was leaving and they knew they weren't going to see him again after he'd been there for two years. Um, so we're not just going to rip on Ephesus today. They were actually uh, pretty awesome. <laughs> and they, they had this going on at first. Um, a couple other verses from Acts that, that just kind of lead into what we're talking about here is uh, Acts two forty four. No need to turn there. Um, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. Um, Acts 4.32. Now the full number of those who believed were one of heart and soul, one of heart and soul, and there was no one who said that the things that belonged to them were their own, but they had everything in common. Um, so those two verses are interesting because what we see in those verses is that love is more than uh, a strong emotion. They actually, they were one of heart and soul, and they had all things in common, their resources, their meals. Um, they, I, I honestly believe they didn't have an individualistic view that we have today of society, but they just deeply cared for one another. And the outward reflection of that was that they took care of each other. Um, check the time here. Cool. We got time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. I love you. <laughs> so all this kind of begs the question, what is love? And how are we supposed to keep Jesus' commandments to one another, right? And we see some examples in Acts. We see this uh, example in Ephesus of how, how they love Paul. Um, and I think we will all agree that love is not the affections we feel towards somebody. Those affections can be tied to love, but they are not the definition of it, right? Um, I would say it comes with feelings, but having love for somebody is not just having an affinity towards them. It's so much more. Um, actually, if you look at the Greek word that Jesus uses in the upper room, let me see if I can get this right. <laughs> it's uh, agapau. Everyone say agapau. Agapau. It's a variation of the word agape. Agape is the noun version of love. This is the verb version of love, right, which implies action, right? It's not absent of some sort of action. What's really cool is this is just a little like prophetic coincidence, but as I was looking up the transliteration and the pronunciation, um, the O has the line on the top, which means the O sounds like the O in go, right? <laughs> it's like go, do something. So um, yeah, love is not an object to be obtained, but it's something that we are to do. And uh, I think Paul sheds some light on this in Corinthians um, 1 Corinthians 13, right? Verse 4 says, love is patient. These are the marriage verses, but these are not meant for marriage. This is meant for the church. Yeah, thank you. It's so good. Paul's writing this um, in the light, uh, against talking about orderly worship and spiritual giftings, right? And this is the love chapter. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It is not. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but re, re, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. 
As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. But we know that love's going to endure forever, right? Um, so love is what we are called to do. Love is a fruit of the Spirit. Man. It's actually the first fruit of the Spirit listed, which is really cool. But the fruit of the Spirit is, babe, you want to sing it? <laughs> it's a kid's song. Um, I'll put in the, one of the group chats so you can share. It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I think I messed up the order, even though it's right here in front of me. Yeah, uh, that's what I get for going off memory. But it is the first fruit of the Spirit um, that, Paul, that Paul lists in Galatians. And um, I think it's interesting because it also lines up with the first commandment, right? Love the Lord your God and love one another. And, um, man, I already shared out of John. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Whew. Okay. So what does all this mean? How do we put a bow on this? And, and what does it actually mean to love each other in action? And um, what I'm not going to do is give you any solid examples because I believe that it's something that we really need to encounter the Lord and grasp a vision for. And I think it's going to look very different for different people in this room. Um, we're called to love each other in many different ways. Again, in the book of Acts Church, one example of how they loved was they gave everything they had to the apostles. And it wasn't so that the apostles could be rich. It was actually for the benefit of everybody else in the community. You know, if we were to take a literal um, interpretation of that, then everybody needs to go and sell all their things and, and give it to the millers so that they could redistribute it to the church. And Crystal's reaction is the exact reason why we won't do that. <laughs> but I think we can look at the principles there, and, and what we see is that they didn't hold anything back, right? So when, when, when people come together and they don't withhold from one another, they're essentially loving each other. The last few weeks, this, this groan of love has been arising in the prayer room. There's no doubt about it. Um, one thing really jumped out to me. I think it was the last corporate set Caesar was praying. And uh, just some practical things on how we can love one another. Uh, he prayed for, for meals. He actually prayed that meals would start to, well, not start to happen because they have happened, um, but that they would start to increase. So one way that I think is really awesome and super easy to start loving each other is open our tables, okay? Open our tables. Um, something I obviously love to do, Coco and I just so love doing. And, you know, if you want to know how we came into close relationships with people, I think it happened as a result of that. Um, and it wasn't that that was the intention, but it was the, the natural progression of feeding people and getting around the table and talking about Jesus and life. Um, a lot of knitting together has gone on at the tables. So that's just one very simple practical thing. Um, yeah, obviously I would, I would love to see increase in our body. Man. But more than anything, again, just very simple. And we're going to start um, wrapping this up here with a very awkward ending because that's what I do. <laughs> but um, 
seek the Lord, right? And uh, what I wanted to really encourage everybody today is uh, I believe this is the direction that, that his church, not just home church, is going in. We're in an incredible season of revival. There's an outpouring of the spirit going on. We're seeing signs and wonders happen, uh, not just here, but it's going on everywhere. And um, all that stuff is awesome. I love seeing the Lord move. I love hearing testimonies of people being healed. But there's some foundational, fundamental things that I want us as a church and all of the church to keep our eyes on. And these are the very simple commands of Jesus, right? I'll repeat them again. Love the Lord your God. Love one another, right? And all of this means actually doing something. So the, uh, the encouragement is simple. Seek God. Pray. Ask him what it is that you are to do each day. Um, the people that you're attracted to in life, and I'm not talking about uh, romantic attraction. I'm saying, um, you know, like, you know, like, Willie seems pretty cool. It's wonder what it would be like to be friends with him. Go, go for that. Go for that, right? Um, and not just so that we could feel fulfilled and have um, have something that we hold on to ourselves, because true friendship is actually going for that, but then figuring out how I can love this guy. What can I do? Um, but more than anything, seek the Lord and ask him to define it for you and to send you out in that direction, and I know he will. So, yeah, that's it. That's what I got. <laughs> We're just going to stand here for a few minutes and make it a little more awkward now. <laughs> no, um, I wish we could open up to uh, everyone to share. I, I do want to invite you that after... Um, we're done here, that you would just come up and, and get a chance to speak with the Mitterandos and just however they've impacted you. It means a lot. A lot of times we have nice things to say about each other, but then we never say it. <laughs> uh, there's something about actually saying it. Um, on that note, though, I do want to give room for uh, someone to come up. So I'm sorry. I'm not just trying to pick, but I, they, they request. I'm going to ask Joe if uh, Joe could come on up. Don't know what you're saying. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have her come up and say, yeah. I mean, you can come up now if you want, but... <clears throat> I can only imagine how nervous Crystal is. Um, so if we could all just pray for her for a moment. But I did want to take the time to actually thank the Mitts. Um, this family has meant more to me than I'm comfortable admitting. I'm hugging a man with a man bun right now. I was which getting a hug today whether he wanted it or not. But... I want to start from the beginning and end at Rob because he is the oldest. Uh, CC has been a huge gift to everyone in this body. For those of you who haven't taken the time to get to know her, read Judges 4:21 to 22, and you will know the type of woman that she will grow to be. Um, working with the children's ministry, I have to say that Bo has been a huge influence on me. I actually thought about stepping away, um, and Bo made me stay. Uh, he, his hunger for the Lord, his compassion, um, his decency as a person is way beyond his years. Um, and Coco, uh, she's leaving, and she gave all of us a gift. That's absolutely insane. And the, her humility and her... Her, her compassion for everyone at this body has been a huge blessing. And for the, I'm, I'm not warm and fuzzy, 
Um, I don't like uh, uh, people. But Rob has been somebody that I could be open, honest with. He sees all my ugly, and he's fine with it. Um, and it has been a true blessing to get to know this family. And I, for one, am really happy to see them go. I... <laughs> That sounds bad, but what it means is that the blessings that they have brought this community, to know that they're going to spread it elsewhere is a true gift, because we get to say we knew them when. So thank you, Mitz. Love you guys. I just looked up that scripture. It's about a, a woman driving a pentake through a man's head. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, uh, one, one more second. Yeah. I'm going to ask, uh, Crystal, you come on up. I think everybody said everything I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it again because it's personal. Um, you guys know how much obedience to God means to me. <laughs> to me, I want to be surrounded by people who obey the Lord because I know then that they love him. And you guys have been so obedient, laying down the things that God has placed before you as promises, and you've served here so faithfully. And I just thank you guys for that, because I would never be the same. And this whole community would never be the same. Nobody will ever know what you have sown here. People will reap for years um, what you have placed into this community. That's the truth. You know, people come in and they they think, oh, you know, the leadership. And the truth is that you guys were leaders in hidden places that nobody else has seen. But I've seen and I'm so thankful. And I know that it's fruit from both of your lives. And I'm thankful, Joe. I'm thankful, too, that they're going. <laughs> because I know God's calling you to go. I'm so thankful that you guys love him so much. You're such a great example to everybody here to stay when he says stay and to go when he says go because it would be easy for you guys to stay here. You're surrounded by so many people that love you, by family, by friends, by comfortabilities and even opportunities and you literally sold everything and you're going across the country without knowing what's going on and I just bless you for that and I thank you for that. You've cooked countless meals you fed Mastic Beach during COVID. <laughs> You've taught us how to do a lot with a little. <laughs> You've brought us to heaven with bass lines and hymns. <laughs> and you've taught us about hospitality. You've taught us all about friendship and you've taught me personally about friendship. And I thank you for that. I think before the Mitterandos came here, um, we had community, but we didn't really understand how to have fellowship. And you guys have really taught us how to have fellowship. You've left a rich deposit in each one of us. You made us a family. <laughs> we'll never be the same. Home is more than a place. It's a people who make you feel like you belong somewhere on this earth. And I thank you for being that for me and for this whole community.
you're both great lovers of the Lord and it's time to spread that seed and make others feel like they have a place and a home. And your feet are beautiful and they carry the gospel. <laughs> it's an inside joke. <laughs> so I just bless you guys. I thank you so much. And I'm so encouraged and looking forward to what God is going to do. I know what lies ahead of you and we'll be praying for you. And yeah, I know that we'll probably talk tomorrow and the next day and the next day. But man, there is not enough words that I could say um, that would paint the picture of what you guys have done here in this land in Mastic Beach and in the lives of these people in my life personally and yeah it's just going to continue and continue on and people will reap it who walk in who have never met you so thank you so much yeah I'm going to ask our kids director Vicky's going to come up with all the kids they wanted to uh, give something to Bo and Cece of us who've had the privilege to be with Cece and to be with Bo, it's, it's an honor. And we get to see the grassroots. We get to see all the potential and see what God has already laid in them through personality and desire and through hard work of parents who bring the true gospel to their children. And so thank you for that privilege. And for you, Cece, it's obvious that God is building leaders, and that's so evident in her. And for Bo, his tenacity, his ability to look at a problem and figure it out and not give up is something that the Lord has placed in him. So I'd like all of our teachers those who are here to stand for a moment. So I want Cece and Bo, I want you to know that as you go, because you're going out now for the Lord too, with all the things you've learned so far and all the love you have from your family here, that your teachers will pray wherever you go, what all the adventures that God has for you, you should be so excited. But we want you to know this is your family and that each one of these teachers will pray for you and that we love you, right? Not just our teachers, but if you guys look out at all these faces, yes, they love you and we love you, right? So Pastor Andrew is gonna pray for you as a family, but I can't wait to hear of, of all the exciting things that God is going to do for you. And do you know that somewhere right now there are boys and girls being, being prepared for new friendships for you. And it's going to be awesome. And you are going to have more and more because God blesses. But we wanted to just your friends here, all of your friends here who love you, wanted to make sure that you have something. I don't need this. 
want the kids to come back? Yeah, okay. Go ahead, guys. You can go back with Mrs. Miller. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so, amen. Well, it really, um, it is exciting. Because um, I know the Lord's hand is all over this. But I'd be lying if I said it it's also doesn't, doesn't hurt to see good friends go. But we're so excited for the things that the Lord is going to do and excited to see you guys come back. I, I wasn't as excited for them to go, but apparently I need to change my notes because everyone's saying that. But I was going to make one last plea here today. <laughs> um, no, I'm only kidding. But I'm going to just invite uh, Caesar to come up. And we just wanted to uh, pray over them. If everyone could please stand. All right, before, before we pray, which I'm really excited about, I just I do want to share one more thing. Um, there's, there's no leadership that's perfect, okay? I'm going to start with that, but I'm going to say that what has happened in mine and Courtney's life here in the last four years, I don't think could have happened in another place. And Crystal talked about obedience. And when I look at Andrew, Crystal, and Caesar, I see three people who have a pure and honest pursuit of the Lord who don't bend no matter how impossible things look no matter how much it doesn't make sense in the real just the fact that they planted in Mastic Beach when not to get into the whole backstory there was another city that they were considering where things might have been easier and it would have been a building and not a tent we don't know it doesn't matter trust the leadership in this church okay um just to pull from scripture, right? It's, it's, it's actually a command to um, obey your leaders because they have your best interests at heart. And there's not many people in the world that I will say this about, but these three people do. And it's because they love Jesus. Like he is at the center of their lives and everything that they do. And it's so apparent. Um, man, you, 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 we are in such an awesome church. We really are. Um, so that's it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so once you guys come around, Crystal, Caesar, we're just going to place hands on them and just invite you guys to join with us in prayer. Uh, I just want to share a verse. Actually, Rob had <clears throat> mentioned it, and I think it's just appropriate for what I know I'm feeling in my heart, uh, but it's when Paul was... Uh, Paul was saying goodbye to the elders at Ephesus, which he had spent the most amount of time and you realize it's real in moments like this. You know, it's a real community, real faith. We really uh, have been saved by, by Jesus, and we're really brothers and sisters in the Lord. And the beautiful thing is that for all of eternity, we're going to spend together. That helps with this. <laughs> and so it says, and when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. And they embraced Paul and kissed him. I won't kiss you. <laughs> but <we're laughs> I was going to read that and try to get Joe to give me a kiss. <laughs> but I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask Pastor Caesar to, uh, to pray as well. Yeah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the Mitterandos. Thank you for bringing them into our life. Thank you for the impact they've made on so many lives. 
Thank you for their love for you, God. Thank you for the example they've set. Thank you for their marriage. That has been such an example of godly marriage. Thank you for the way that they raise their kids. Thank you for the way that they open their home. Thank you for how they've they've led us around the table, Lord. They've taught us how to have fellowship, Lord. Thank you for the relationships that have been deepened here because of the example that they've set. I thank you for their obedience to go, God, even though they don't even know exactly the details, God. But like Abraham, Abraham went without knowing exactly. I thank you that along this journey, because of that, 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 that not full knowing, Lord, that you're going to be so intimate with them, God. Thank you that you do that so that you can draw near and that they must rely on you. So I thank you, God, and bless the intimacy that is going to take place, God, as they take one step at a time looking to you. I ask, God, that you would guide and direct every step. God, and direct their decisions, Lord, ministry decisions, God, income, Lord. You know every need. I pray that you would lead them. Where will their kids go to school? God, I pray that you would bring them into godly relationships, godly community, God. Open doors, God, to, that the visions and dreams that you've given to them, Lord, that they would see with their own eyes, God. I pray they would be encouraged, God, in times of waiting, God, in times of unknown. God, that they would remember and wage war with the prophecies that you've spoken over their life, God. We ask now, God, that grace, grace, grace would be upon them, God. Grace would be in them, Lord. That they would go out, Lord, in the passion and zeal of the Lord. I pray everywhere they touch their foot, God. Everywhere that camper goes, God, I pray the kingdom of God would be released, Lord. Thank you for the lives that will be touched through this family. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I thank you. And I ask, God, that you would fill once again afresh. That the love of God like oil, like fresh oil, Lord, from their head to their feet. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God, I thank you, Lord, that you're ahead of them and you're walking before them, God. Holy Spirit, that you're opening doors that no man can close. We trust, Lord, we trust, God, that you're leading them and you will lead them, God. And I pray, Father, that wherever they go, they will dig deep wells, Lord, deep wells, God, deep wells that generations after them would drink from God in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, discernment, God, discernment, Lord, to see, God, to determine, to know the will of the Lord, God, in any situation, God, I pray, fill them, God, with the knowledge of your will, Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And I pray, Father, that you would bless the works of their hands that you would bless God you would bless the works of their hands God that every endeavor Lord would have kingdom kingdom impact God would have kingdom people would taste God of Jesus Lord and all that they do in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name and God I, I thank you Lord that through this this couple Lord that you're going to raise up God a Gideon type army of weak people of weak people filled with the strength of God. I thank you, God, that you're going to use them, Lord. You're going to use them. You're going to use them, God, to raise up a Gideon-type army. The world will reject them, God, but not you. And they will bring kingdom breakthrough, Lord. They will bring kingdom breakthrough, God. 
And I just declare that over you, God. I declare the goodness of the Lord over their lives. I declare the goodness of the Lord over their families, God. I declare the goodness of the Lord over your over their businesses, God. Whatever they do, Lord, I pray the goodness of the Lord would wash over them, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you. I thank you. Set them on fire, Lord. Set them on fire, God. In Jesus' name. Fire, Lord. In Jesus' name. More than they've ever known, God. I pray, Holy Spirit, come and fill. Holy Spirit, come and fill, God. And I pray, Lord, that they would walk in the zeal of the Lord. The zeal of the Lord. They would love zealously, God. They would, they would, they would go for justice with zeal, God. They would go for friendships with zeal, God. They would speak your word with zeal, God. They would flip tables wherever tables needs to be flipped. In Jesus' name, God. And then their hands, God, would be vessels and tools for healing. In Jesus' name, God. That their house would be a refuge, God. A place of deliverance, God. A place of healing, Lord. And I thank you God and I pray anointing Lord an anointing for minds God to be made whole in the name of Jesus in Jesus name I pray these hands God these hands would see mental issues come into redemption come into the power of the blood in Jesus name God I thank you Lord I thank you I pray power power in Jesus name faith in Jesus name in the goodness of the Lord thank you God thank you God thank you God hallelujah hallelujah Amen. Well, we have uh, some cake and some treats in the back. We want to celebrate and spend time with them. So I just encourage you to linger around. And like I said, just really go out of your way. Oh, there's a book back there to sign and write uh, maybe something. Lord, ask the Lord to give you something for them, uh, scripture or um, whatever it may be. But I'll ask you to do that. It'll be really encouraging as they're traveling to look back to that. But yeah, we've got food in the back, so let's hang around and let's just celebrate and honor their lives in Jesus' name. Uh, and lastly, if, uh, if you'd like to give, the ushers will be in the back for the offering. We didn't have a chance before. That's okay. The Lord was doing something uh, different. But if you'd like to give, you can see Pat or some of the ushers in the back. But if not, bless you guys. Have an amazing day. Sorry, before y'all go, um, thank you for the prayers. I wore waterproof today, just saying. Um, the If you didn't receive one when y'all came in, the little red, the scarlet red cord, um, if you didn't grab one, um, I made those, and I actually had kind of a vision for them last Sunday during worship. For starters, I've already thanked y'all, but... <laughs> in front of this entire body. If you have spent any amount of time here, yes, we, we go after the Lord first and foremost, but this body needs your hands. They need your talents. They need, um, they need, but we're all body of, we're the body of Christ. Some of you are the head, some of you are the foot, like all of these, all functions matter. So I want to publicly say thank you to both of you for allowing me to work in my gifts and to really discover what that is or was or is going to be. So the little thing that y'all got when you walked in, the, the red scarlet cord represents the blood of Christ, which is kind of funny that we were singing about that this morning. The pearl, y'all know I'm Southern. I always wear my pearls. 
So that's a little piece of me. But more than that, Jesus, Jesus is everything. And he is the pearl of great price. And everything that you do, think, whatever, all should point back to him. And lastly, the pineapple. If y'all have spent any time in the South, holla. Um, the pineapple actually represents hospitality. If you go Google it, 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 it is on a lot of our, our door knockers and, and things like that. But the pineapple is representative of hospitality. Each and every one of you has a gift. The Lord has given each of you a gift. And a big thing for us is hospitality. The second week that we um, did Feeding Hope during, 20, during the shutdown, I audibly, that's the second time I've ever heard the audible voice of God. I was outside in our driveway chopping up um, red peppers because we were making uh, uh, sausage and peppers, which I never had before I moved to Long Island 12 years ago. But I heard the audible voice of God say, those who are faithful in little will be faithful with much. All you have to do is give Jesus your yes. And he will, he will do the rest as long as you step out in faith and that you be obedient. So I, I just pray that every time you see the little charm thing, you can put it on your Christmas tree. You can give it to someone else. But open your home. You might not have anything fangled, but you could literally just go get McDonald's and sit down with someone and listen to their story. And it's amazing what happens when you just say yes to Jesus. So I encourage you in that. And bless you back. Love you guys. Uh, We're so happy you could join us on the Home Church Podcast. We pray this week's message encourages you to behold the Lord Jesus and bring his kingdom wherever you go. You can visit us online at myhomechurch.org, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or follow us on social media. If you would like to give to this ministry, text the amount to 84321. Bless you.